Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Is there a stigma around being an only child? I was listening to Barbara Neeson, the writer. She was chatting about her experience actually on breakfast this morning about growing up as an only child in Belfast in the 80s. As an only child, I was one of only two in my class of 36 in primary school. So very rare and would have garnered more, a lot of negative comments from my mum and and family over the years. You know, that sort of throwaway. Um, it's either when are you going to have another or there's like neg- there's a lot of negative connotations around being an only child. You know, that they're selfish, that they're not well socialised. So all of those things, I would have grown up with quite a lot of that. Alison Curtis, Today FM presenter, is with me on the line today because Alison, you, um, you're the mum of an only child. Like, do you get that sort of commentary from people? Well, I think actually we've evolved a little bit in how we talk about people's own circumstances and things like that. So we've realised that you know certain questions aren't really necessarily appropriate or maybe triggering. Or, but I did write a piece about this a few years ago, because Joan is now 12, about how I actually started hating the word only, because that was what came up. And everyone's like, only one? Yes, only one came up a lot. I do think in the 80s and the 90s, it would have been a lot worse for sure. In Joan's class, there's like 40 odd children and a good percentage of them are solos, as I call them, solo kids. And um, I think it's changing now. And I think certainly coming from Canada would have been a little bit more normalized. But I do think in Ireland, obviously, you know yourself, Andrea, like, you know, the tradition was huge family. So I think there was a stigma when you had one. But I did torture myself. Like I I was saying earlier, um, I did torture myself. And it was like it almost happened on her sixth birthday where I went, you know what? This is our family. I should be so grateful. There's people that don't have this in their lives and they're desperately wanting it. So I should be grateful. And I think, you know, what happened, my circumstances were that I got into serious trouble having Joan. I've talked about this a lot. I developed a condition called postclampsia, which is really dangerous. And I was in ICU and I had hemorrhage and it was all not good. So I had the fear, like I was petrified to do it again. And I was wishing at that, that appointment in the rotunda when Joan was only like two months old, that a doctor would turn around and go, you're fine, don't do it again. It's too dangerous. You nearly died this time. Don't do it again. But yeah. instead they were like, they're like, go again, you're fine. And so I put that pressure on myself for six years because there is that pressure that you assume that, you know, providing a sibling for your child is the best thing you can do. And it's not necessarily true. We know it's not true. So uh, the, the assumptions that you get or that you would have got over the years, Alison, from, you know, just the, the public, past remarkable yeah. people, are they mainly <laughs> directed at you or is it more assumptions about Joan and her personality and how she'll turn out, you know, in years to come? I think I think I think people have moved away from that idea that idea that single kids are spoiled or that they've got all these social problems. I think we have moved away from that. We can see that. What's something really nice about single kids is that they I feel I'm a sweeping generalization, but they're really curious and empathetic. And I know that in Joan's group of friends, a lot of her friends are the eldest of the set of three. And she loves the younger ones. And the parents are like, oh, she's so kind with the younger ones. And because it's a curiosity, because we don't have it in our house, like she tends to be drawn to that and very gentle and kind with them. And it's our job as parents to socialize our children properly, whether they have, whether you have one or four. So the same 
rules apply when you have a solo child, but they don't learn, I suppose they don't learn that conflict management with a sibling, so to speak. Like, so they might feel, you know, disruption between Mm. friends a little bit deeper, maybe. But I mean, I think what I get from a lot of my friends is they go, God, I feel like we can't give any of our children. So they have the guilt where they're like, we can't give any of them the focus that you give Joan. And they have that constant guilt. Whereas I was having that guilt of not having one until, and I don't know what it was. And I only spoke about this recently with a a woman who has a five-year-old daughter it was um, Joan's sixth birthday, her party. It light switch went off in me. And I was like, that's it, Alison. Don't torture yourself anymore. Enjoy your family. And like, she's probably there on her, at her sixth birthday party with all her friends and her classmates and neighbours or whatever, yeah. you know, a larger extended family too. And, and like, you know, I, I imagine though, do, or do people, do they direct comments at Joan? Like, does she come home from school? And No, does it they don't really like... And they don't even direct them really at my husband. Like, I don't remember him having as many conversations as me. And I suppose because the decision ultimately did lie with me in the sense that I felt I couldn't put my body through it again. So I felt like I did for years have to kind of justify it. And like, Andrea, I'd be like, oh, God, I nearly died. And people like, oh, no, no, I understand why now. You know, that's yeah. kind of like I felt well, like you, I had to be that extreme. But you nearly had to explain it to them. Yeah, I did feel that way. I did. But I just think that, you know, we have to accept families as they are. And we now know that, like, you know, it's not, you know, two two mom and dad. It's mom and mom, dad and dad, like, or aunts and uncles and your support system and how you grow and how you're nurtured and your carers can all be a variety of combination of people. And I think we just need to accept a different definition of family. Well, well, our our attitudes in general, though, in Ireland um, around the word and the meaning of family has changed Mm. so much in the past number of years. It has. And I suppose like in Canada, it might have changed a few years earlier. Um, I know in primary school, we had a friend that, you know, had two moms. And so that was just that's we just accept that because children accept things. You don't have to question like they don't go. Why is that? Like they're so open and so gentle about it all usually that they just they, they accept it. But, yeah, I think it has changed. I mean, I know Joan did ask for a sibling for when she was really little, like when she was three, four five. And she's like, oh, you know, I'd like it. And you do want that. And I think, Andrew, you also want what you come from. And I have a twin sister and my sister and I are extremely close. And I, I, I'll be really honest in saying, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but when I was pregnant with Joan, I was like, I really hope it's a girl. I just want a girl. And then I just wanted two girls because that's what I had. So I like, that makes yeah. Sense to me. yeah. That's a natural biological thing, I think. And it doesn't mean that if Joan had a sister, that they would be as close as my sister and I, like there's no way would it necessarily mean that. So I was putting this false pressure, I suppose, on myself. A couple of the messages in, um, Alison, as well, from listeners. Actually, the number is 087-1400-106 if you want to share your own experience with us today. Uh, this texter says, I'm an only child. My wife also is an only child and we have an only child. My mum was diagnosed with cancer and her small intestine was removed. There was no chance of another kid. I knew nothing different. I had a lot of first cousins we used to meet um, in my granny's in County Carlow. So growing up as an only child, you never expected a great deal, says this listener. Another texter, though, not to bring a sad note to the conversation, but knowing an only child, I really felt the hardest time for them is when they lose one or both of their parents because nobody else is going through what they're going through at that time, whereas most other people have their siblings to share this with. Like I make a joke, actually, about how they have to design um, these like wheelchairs that would be easy for Joan to push us both around when we're like older kind of thing. But I, um, I do worry about her when she does get older. But the other thing that is 
a part of our role as parents is that we instill in her an ability to build a really strong support network around her so that when the eventuality comes that one of us is sick or, you know, there's problems within the house as us being older, that she has a great support network around her that will help her in that situation as well. Like you you just have to make sure that she's got that ability. And yes, I understand what that texter is saying totally. And I have a couple of my close friends. So we're older and, you know, they were solo kids as well growing up and that they are now in that stage where their parents are older. And that is a struggle for them. And I do feel for them, definitely. This listener says, I'm not an only child, but I actually always felt like one because my three brothers, there's a 10 year age gap between me and them. And I pretty much grew up on my own. Like, that's an interesting point. Yeah, there's a lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of situations like that. And even my father-in-law actually felt like an only child growing up because, again, his siblings were much older. And at that stage, everybody left the home when they were 16, 17. They all moved to England. So it was, he was growing up on his own. So there are those circumstances as well, of course. Yeah, and another listener too just you know wants to make the point. We actually chose to just have one child so that she can get all of her attention. She'll get way more opportunities because we can actually afford to let her do whatever activities she wants. We can bring her to shows, yeah. bring her on holidays, etc. as well. Like that, yeah, it's like, I think for, for people now, because so many people are choosing um, to have maybe yes. one child or whatever, whatever their circumstances. And because... I do f- admire those. So I have to say, Andrea, I do. Like, I remember conversations when Joan was younger and I'm like, oh, uh, you know, you assume everyone's the same as you. I'm like, you, you, you wanted one? And like, yeah, that was the plan. I was like, oh God, I wish I... I wish I thought that was the plan too. Like, I really admire people who are confident in that because they are being judged. Listen, Alison, pleasure as always to chat to you today you. on the programme. Yeah, Alison Curtis there, of course, today FM presenter. If you grew up as an only child, or not to use only, as Alison says, a solo kid, uh, maybe you have one child, maybe you chose to, to just have one. I want to hear your experiences on the show today. You can send me in a WhatsApp or drop me in an email. That's lunchtime live at newstalk.com. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.